with founder and CEO VentureX, a startup benchmarking platform that prepares and connects startups with investor funding. Today, VentureX has over 200 million of investor funding to help, to help give out the most promising and prepared startups in the world. Sydney, thank you so much for joining me on the, on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Sydney, so let's start with your career journey because I've heard I've heard certain stories online. Now, you how did you come up with an idea to move to Silicon Valley? What was like what was uh, where did that come from? Yeah, so um so I was working in um, marketing automation and tech and then I had a friend who said if I was very serious about learning more about tech and startup then I have to move back to the valley or have to move to the valley. So from his offer, I bought a one-way ticket within 10 days and flew to Silicon Valley and I moved in with him. And then I stayed there until like my, my visa was like, you should not be here anymore. So um, And so I was there for several months and that's when I got the idea of VentureX because I met all of these great startups. I talked to every Uber driver, every dog walker on WAG, every single task rabbiter, and they were so inspiring in terms of they had an exact path of where they wanted to go. They were always futuristic thinking and I thought that it was great to see so many new startup ideas and I always felt that um, the startup industry is kind of like a battlefield with very few winners. So I created this platform in order to hopefully create more winners in this industry. Right. Um, I did hear about the visa story. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to ask you about it, but you just, just answered. Um, so with VentureX, like you obviously help businesses to, to grow and you have the, the, the certain tool that you're using, which we'll, we'll dive a little bit later uh, in more detail. But how is it different conceptually from what Mars is doing, what DMZ is doing? So that's a great question. So VentureX, I want to be able to reach on a global scale. That's why we're building it out as a platform as opposed to an in-person in-house program. So they are great programs that you can go to and they have mentors and teachers and everything that really help you um, with your each individualized and customized um, startup problems and issues and, and different and different paths uh, to go on. And uh, they also then personally connect you to the you know, outside of their network or possible investors. Um, what we have here is benchmarking. So that means that when you walk into a room and you are pitching to all the great VCs out there, you believe that you're the only person in the room. That is true at that time. However, mm -hmm. they are also comparing you with all the other ones within their focus, which is the same ones in your industry. And you don't really know where you rank in comparison. What VentureX will do is that it would give you... Um, clear benchmarks on what is successful, what is not successful when it comes to these kinds of VCs and uh, where other people are in the industry in comparison as well. So then you are more informed when you walk into the room and you make those connections. So it's a benchmarking tool. And what about, uh, Sydney, what about the segments or uh, like certain, like are you, how do you segment the segment businesses and then benchmark against it like are you looking at revenue are you looking at industry are you looking at both so that's a great question so when it comes to um, certain types of spaces so SaaS for example software as a service and uh, within software they are really really interesting when they have high engagement so we have four different kinds of metrics product market fit conversion and um, 
engagement. Oh, sorry, I, I messed that up. We have runway, we have conversion, and we have um, engagement. So what that means is that how many leads do you have that are converting, and how are the leads using it in terms of usage as well as retention. So when it comes to software as a service, for example, um, you could have one person who is ordering from your food delivery app, I'm using that because it's a common example, you and I both have it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's one person ordering from you versus if it's a hundred people that are ordering one thing sometimes, mm. you know, that, that one person is actually giving you a lot more data. Totally, totally. Uh, Sydney, what, how, what are the, like you worked with a lot of entrepreneurs and you, you talked to a lot of them in the Valley here in Montreal. What are some of, some of the common mistakes do you see when somebody is building their businesses? Is it the fact that they're not looking at the cash and they're running out of it? Or is it they're not focusing on the product market fit or they're trying to monetize too early? What are the, some of the patterns do you, do you find? So um, the biggest one really is product market fit, and um, the second one would be financials. So we have um, we have one of the metrics being runway. So how many months does your company have left before you run out of cash? So um, QuickBooks did a great study that over hmm. over ninety percent of companies um, in our province are over are financially illiterate and over 50% in Canada are financially illiterate, which does not give a really good, like, you know, threshold right there. But that also tells you that it, they lack, you know, the resources and the support and everything. So when a lot of people say, I don't have money, it could mean a lot of different things. It could mean that, you know, you didn't have the right co-founder. It could mean that you took too much time to find your product market fit. Or it could mean that you're just, you know, not very good at managing money. That that could also be true. <laughs> so for all of these reasons, um, the reason we have these different metrics in order to score you and benchmark you is that all of these numbers tells a story. Your data doesn't lie, you know. You can find out a lot from a person from the way that they spend their money because it's also going to be the way that they spend uh, the investor's money. Oh, absolutely. That's that's definitely a great, great uh, way to look at it. So it's all about long-term uh, versus short-term vision. And uh, especially when you're building a business, how an entrepreneur can, uh, who just starting out can find the right balance of, um, of like long-term and short-term? Do I just try to find my first customers or do I try to find or maybe satisfy an enterprise custom deal and build a customized product, how do you, do you think they should approach it? That's a great question. Um, when you find your first customer, big or small, they're going to teach you a tremendous amount. I think it was uh, Robert Hershevik from uh, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank who once said that I'm not trying to build a business. I'm trying to find a customer. I'm trying to build a customer, right? Mm -hmm. So that one customer, um, if they are able to give you a dollar for anything, that is your business. Yeah. That is your business. So what's really interesting is that a lot of people build crazy functionality. They can build five, six, seven, eight different kinds of features for something, and then they'll find out their customer is only paying for one. They didn't actually need the other four. Hmm. That's very possible, and you would have spent all of this money building, right? If you are paying attention to um, selling something to one customer and seeing if it's the same thing that the second customer is interested in, that's your trend. You just keep going from there. I find uh, every when you when you are building something and you it's free, everybody needs everything. I, I yes. need to sync to Evernote. I need Zapier integration. But whenever you ask, oh, are you going to pay for it? That just is such a different response. 
Yeah, ask for one dollar. I think uh, Noah Kagan is one of my favorite entrepreneurs from Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, and um, he does this really funny bit. You guys got to check it out online. It's on YouTube, right. and it was uh, something about teaching engineers how to sell. So he was at like uh, Santa Monica University or something, and just tried to prove how how doable product market fit is. You don't need an MBA, but you need it to see if you could sell. Absolutely. You turned down funding four times for Antrax because the platform has room to grow. Explain how do you see it and what advantage does it give you to hold off the rounds of investment? The advantage is to talk about it here. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was offered funding from different institutions that I turned down because I knew that it was too early. I am sitting in a unique position where I get to see other startups. And I get to see their journeys to success and to failure and what that looks like. And um, I know that a lot of them that I have seen got funding too early. So they themselves were at a valuation which would be unfair to them and it was not what they envisioned. Um, I knew where my product had to be before right. I could ask someone else for money in, in a way that was comfortable for me. And um, sometimes if you were really desperate for money, if you really believe that you need this, you need someone else's, you know, X, Y, Z, you need their expertise, you need their resources, you need their money, you may not always get to see that long journey that you envisioned, that uh, that path that you set out to, to have for yourself, for your team, and um, you could go down the wrong path if you take it too early, because it's more about your story, and when you want to introduce new characters to help you tell that story. Definitely. So... Walk me through the VentureX process. Like if it's a startup, they're just starting out, they're maybe like in, in super early stages. What do they, how do they sign up for your tool? And then what are some of the initial data that they're looking at? And how do they have to, like what is a step-by-step process or what, what do they have to figure out to take action on? Yeah, so um, what they do is that they, they sign up for, for VentureX, which means that they fill out their basic information, which is their leads, their conversions, and things like that. We don't ask for you know specific customer lists or, or, or anything like that at this stage, and um, how they are signing on. And we also have a QuickBooks integration, which means that you can sign into your QuickBooks, and it would automatically put in um, your runway information. So it would calculate your burn rate uh, per month, and then it would tell you how many months you have left and and things like that and then right away you'll get to see um, on the dashboard with these three major metrics the runway conversion and engagement how you are doing in comparison to others in your industry and sub-industry and then from there um, you would get the option to submit for funding now or later so if you if you come on and you see that you're not really hitting those benchmarks just Mm -hmm. yet you might want to wait a little bit and see which metric is doing the worst or which one's doing the best and which one you could improve today, things like that. So that's kind of how they incrementally um, get feedback from a real-time basis. Tell me about the, the startups that you worked with so far. Are they, are they small businesses or are they small and enterprise? Uh, what, like, are you, do you have a preference for the certain type of industry? Yeah, so um, we help fund between 100000 to $2 million in about seed stage funding. Mm-hmm. So that is usually our range. So those who come um, within that range is perfect. Um, 
definitely prefer software, but there is no specific niche at this time um, between what kind of software. And um, they sometimes come as two people, and they sometimes come as ten people. Right. And speaking of vision, like, where do you see the 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 product evolving? Like, how does the how does the product map look like at this point? Or are you just still gathering the information? before like knowing okay this is this is the direction we're gonna go so um i'm heading out to uh, TechCrunch actually uh next no this friday yeah this friday and um so we are there to to create more relationships and partnerships um with our existing as well as new um partners venture capital partners what i envision seeing is that the other um, side of the platform is going to be more and more and more robust so it will be a one-stop shop that includes um, data that they need it would include all the data room files so everything is in one place there's no more back and forth right now it is a huge mess and a headache for both sides to have to ask for eight different files back and forth all of the time and not close funding or having or having people to do this manually and um and then also being able to of course score them to see how much they match you and um what their likelihood of um of profitability is based on these kinds of metrics and based on their industry and in comparison to uh, to others so building a more robust side for the for the ventures um for the venture capitalists would be the next step and mm-hmm. to have more smart data more um data-driven data to help them make these decisions um, as quickly as possible. That, that sounds very exciting. Now, Sydney, I want to move on a little bit to your personal side. How do you prefer to work? Because like, I know a lot of people want to know, like, how can I maximize my productivity? Maybe I'm not getting uh, everything done in a day. How's your work schedule look like? I know you mentioned before we went on, you're super busy. Obviously, you are. How do you like to work? How do you focus and prioritize things that um, uh, get um, come up daily? So um, there are a few things that that I you know believe in, and one of them is the 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 TEDx talk that was talking about taking control of your time, and so from that I've learned to use my calendar in a very specific way. Um, I have. I have scheduled certain things on certain days. So you can only book me on certain days. So um, you used to be able to only book me on all of Fridays and then like Tuesdays and Thursday mornings because um, I believe that if you have everything back to back and you're blocking your time, then you are more efficient in that way. My hiring is always um, at the end of the day because it's low decision making for me. Um, I can go through them. I have my own process. And then the beginning of the day, um, between six and I would say maybe eight, Mm -hmm. I would have um, my big tasks. So that's when no one is is talking to me. No one's doing anything. So that's when I'm applying for grants. Um, That's when I am... um, dealing with big contracts and uh, you know all of these bigger tasks things so for example I this morning I accepted my nomination for the RBC uh, Woman of Influence Award that I was just nominated for which is fantastic Amazing. and um, then it comes with a few essays <laughs> that I have realized <laughs> so I spent all morning doing that <laughs> at six in the morning and then I and then I hop on my um, daily scrum calls with my team um, to talk about marketing updates sales updates and uh, development updates 
and and then they have their their tasks for the day. I've always been used to being a remote worker for my last like three jobs, so working from anywhere is very normal for me. Working from an mm-hmm. office is now super foreign for me. It's uh, it's total. It's, it's oh yeah, you yeah, get it's used very to it, strange. right? Yeah, exactly, and um and yeah, and so then. That is that's kind of how I I like to structure things. If you guys haven't checked out that po- uh, that uh, not podcast that TED talk, it is great. Um, the other the other thing that I also do believe in is the four hour work week from Tim Ferriss because I I did um, you know see it happen in Silicon Valley a lot, seeing a lot of people use their creative energies in a very high productive and efficient way. Highly recommend that bestseller book if uh, if you haven't had a chance to pick that up yet as well. I'm always, I was always curious about for our work week because like, how are you, like, how is it possible to, to get all the work done in four hours, especially when, so, <laughs> yeah, maybe you can talk about that a little bit. So it's not exactly four hours for me. Uh, also, to be fair, I'm, uh, I'm like rereading it and, and stuff. So it's not exactly four hours. It's the, the, it's the principle that it's an 80-20 rule. So mm-hmm. it's true in entrepreneurship. It is also true in your life. Um, 20% of your clients will produce 80% of your income because they are your bigger clients. That That is true. Um, and then 80% of your, your clients will just kind of be like, eh, or 80% of your time or 80% of the partnerships. They they don't really produce um, very much or they don't really, you know, um, provide that, that large impact in 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 most things and and that's fine. So it's kind of how you are prioritizing the most important things first and if you were if you only had to work four hours next week, what things would you do? Yeah, this is your a, big tasks. This is perfect. That's a great reframe. Yeah, those. That's exactly what the what the mind frame is supposed to be. If you couldn't do more than four hours, like if you did, you would explode. What Absolutely. would the four hours be? Sydney, are you do you do any yoga, any meditation, read internal, and are you, do you have any rituals in the morning and the evening to keep yourself on track? I have uh, started a morning ritual, which I now um, am rethinking. So the reason I started it was because I um, I had a friend in um, London who was encouraging me to do it, so so I did. And so I woke up and I read, I'm actually rereading um, another book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Love it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's, it's a very old book. Uh, the bookmark is apparently from when I was born. I don't know why it's still in that book. Like it was from a used bookstore. Mm-hmm. And so I also like the fact that it's like a lot of short stories, right? Yeah. So you can come and go as, as you wish. So I read that in the morning. And I try and meditate, but it turns out I'm really bad at it. Hmm. So still trying, still trying. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I, I make breakfast. I have um, my big task. So whatever my big task is, today it was uh, the RBC award essays. <laughs> still not finished. Just I, I just had to do one essay. And then, um, and then I work out every day. I do do yoga. And I also do boot camp, which I love because I love going to like a class situation and kind of getting out of, um, you know, your normal environment. And uh, so if there's a yoga class or a boot camp class or things like that, I love it. And um, and then I also cook for myself like every single day. I I have that as a huge calming thing. And it does not bother me if it takes me like three and a half hours. 
Wow, that's amazing. Uh, Sydney, do you, when you, when we talk about goal setting, do you approach setting goals, achieving goals as a daily activity? For example, you set a goal uh, the, the, in the evening and then you set it for the next day or you set goals for a week and then maybe you don't complete it on that day. No problem. You pick it up next day. Um, yeah, so I, it depends on, on the goal and, the, and when it's due. So to me, um, a goal will get done if it's on my calendar. If it's on my vision board, which I do have now, um, it will less likely be done <laughs> unless it's in a real bite size, right? right. And so um, I think wa- Warren Buffett said that you, you're supposed to make a list of 20 things. And then you remove the last 15 because you're really only going to do five in your whole life. I remember. I remember that, yeah. It was, a, it was really interesting. And so um, the ones that you actually put on your calendar are the things that you'll get done. So if I knew that I was having um, something that was due at the end of this week, I would schedule time in during my big tasks because I don't know exactly what's going to come on in the rest of the day. And uh, that, would be, that would be it. And then for my afternoons and, and evenings and things like that, I have more my rituals as opposed to goals because my rituals will help me go to sleep, it will help me wake up and um, exercise, you know, all of these other things. But totally. I also know, like, if you ha- are more of a morning person or a night person, that's when you should adjust your goals. Oh, totally, I cannot agree more. Now, you did mention Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Are there any other favorite books on business or on marketing that you read that you would recommend? Um, I Let me think. Yes, uh, Dale Carnegie. So I love that. And I really love the audio version. It sounds like it's like from old England or something. It's mm. really great. Um, <laughs> Tim Ferriss, the, the four hour chef. I also did read that. So because I love to cook so much, it takes a lot of time. So part of that book teaches you how to cook faster. <laughs> and I thought this would be impossible to do. Wow. And he's explaining how you would make, I think, like a five-course meal or something, but just faster. I need that. I need and that. I thought, it was, I thought it was so great. And then I also read, um, you know, fun books like Aziz Ansari and, and things like mm. that. It's really fun. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, no, that's very cool. Sydney, where is everybody can find you online? Um, they can find me on uh, social media or on the website. So um, www.venturex.ca. So that's V-E-N-T-U-R-X.ca. On uh, Facebook, we have um, VentureX underscore team, as well as the, our Medium blog, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all the same, VentureX team. And, and we will link all the resources below. So if you if you would like to follow Sydney's journey and what she's working on, what startup she's working on, any latest updates on VentureX, You'll be able to do it right below the, the show notes. Sydney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really love your story. Great insights, great takeaways. We've got some cool book recommendations, and I will definitely learn how to cook faster, which is awesome. <laughs> great. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Sydney.